Welcome back to Clydesdale Media, where we bring you the best from the world of CrossFit. Podcasts, news, special interest, health, fitness. If you like what you hear, hit that subscribe button. Hit the notifier so you're the first to know when we have new episodes. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Good Sunday morning, everybody, and welcome to the Clydesdale Media Podcast. My name is Scott Switzer. I'm the Clydesdale. She is Amy Rudowski, and we are so honored and privileged, as always, to have Caroline Lambre and Jeffrey Adler with us today. What's up, guys? Hi, hey, how are you? So um, it's the weekend of 23.1. Uh, I would be remiss not to bring it up. Um, I will I will tell you, I understand if you do not want to reveal a score or anything like that, but how did it go? Uh, it went okay. Um, I mean, it's a CrossFit <laughs> workout. We, 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 like we, we knew that the second row was going to hurt bad, so that's uh, – I think that's the worst part of the workout. If you make it there. If you make so. it there. Because um, the, the full round is, it's quite okay. It's, it, it takes around 10 minutes and then, and then you got a four, four minutes of more uncomfortable stuff, but uh, it went pretty well. I'm, I'm okay with, with the score I have. And I mean, it's, it's just the open, there's nothing to prove here. So, and I want to try and keep that mindset of having nothing to prove, but uh I'm 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 okay with where I'm at right now. So, are you a one and done, or do you repeat open workouts? Uh, I absolutely don't want to redo any workouts for sure. That's not the goal. The goal is to sure. do them once, uh, unless something happens. But for now, like we're doing once, and um, that's it. And I mean, that's I think something that for me is very valuable. If you do if you do it once, you do it once correctly, and that that reflects what it reflects this the fitness that you have but not only the fitness but also the way that you do your workouts like when you when you get into a live competition you you have only one shot if you mess mm -hmm. it up then there's no redos you can't do it again so it's a it's a good way to practice like make sure you're in the right mindset your warm-up's right you're ready to go and then when it starts to hurt like just keep on going that's how that's how, that's how it's supposed to feel and if if you get there then that's you, you've you've done the workout right. That's uh, so that's how I take the open workouts. That's how I take the quarter, the quarterfinal workouts as well. These ones are not possible to redo. Well, but, you, well you can, if you want to do them back to back, the same workout, that's, I don't think anyone's going to do that. Yeah. I think it depends to where you are in your career. Like we're at a point now where we can do one and done. Oh, I've done yeah. redos. We've, we've done redos. Like it's not, yeah. If, you're trying, if you're trying to make it, if you're trying to make it to the next stage, uh, and that redo is going to allow you to get a better score, then like it's not something we're I haven't, advocating. I for, haven't, but. I haven't been really lucky with redos. Honestly, like most of the time, I redo and then it's 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 worse. So, um, I think it's just because you know how it hurts, and you just don't want to do that again. Like, exactly, I know. Yes. I need to hurt twice, but not in the same workout. Like I'm ready to hurt some, like do something and then do something else afterwards. But doing the same thing is it's not so fun. That's how I felt about this open workout because it was literally programmed the Friday before for us in our gym. And I was like, when they announced it, I was like, I do not want to do it again because I just did it. I know where I'm at fitness wise, but I did it with the community. But 
Yeah. So speaking of hurt, you know, you've had the off season where you're just training and doing all that stuff. Is the open really the first time where you have to push into that dark space? Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, because the off season training is hard. It's very hard. It's just not CrossFit. Um, I've been starting to do CrossFit workouts not very long ago. Um, and because I don't do as many when they come around, I have to do them really hard. Um, and because I haven't been doing them, they feel really hard. But it's not uh, it, it like the, the, the open workouts are not surprising. And I'm able to go into that dark space uh, that the open workouts usually brings us to. Um, but yeah, it's just that it's just the training has been very different in the past, like three, four months. Um, so CrossFit workouts didn't come along that often. So we're actually doing a series this year where we're following a handful of athletes from the start of the open all the way till as far as they make it through the season. And I was with an athlete yesterday who described the dark space to me as it's when you start blinking real slow. <laughs> I don't know if I blink during workouts. I don't have time to think. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So this person made it to the row the second time and said that it hurt so bad. And and every, every time he blinked, the, um, the monitor just kept disappearing slower and slower <laughs> each time. I don't think I go that dark. <laughs> uh, no, for me, the, the feeling is uh, I can feel it in my gut. If, if inside it feels really, really not comfortable, that means I'm in the right spot. But blacking out is not an option. I'm not going there. <laughs> So let me ask this of Caroline as a coach, I'm assuming that Jeff did the open workout and that was just part of his training day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what does the rest of the day look like uh, on an open workout day? Uh, so that one was really, really hard. I went swimming after the open <laughs> workout and my, my, my lungs were still burning. Like I finished the open workout. I had what, like, 30 minutes and then we went swimming and I said to the, cause we have a swimming coach. I, I said to him, I, I just put out like a really, really good effort. So we'll see how it goes. And the breathing was really hard on the, on the swimming. Um, I, I, well, I'm, I'm going to do next week. I'm going to do the, the open workout on Friday morning as well, but Friday's going to be rest. Oh, Friday's rest? Yeah. oh no. Yeah, then so I have to do it Thursday. Thursday. Yuck. So do you think that helps you to be able to swim under fatigue? Like, do you get those opportunities very often? Uh, well, yes, because I swim every <laughs> Friday. So I work out before the swim and then I go. But the, I think the effort and intensity is a bit different with the, with the open workouts. I mean, I push it hard everywhere, but this one was just that little bit more maybe. Um, and I mean, the open workouts make you feel a certain way that, it's just different. Um, but yeah, I, that's what I was thinking is, oh, well, if we have to swim after a really hard event at the games, well, this is what it's going to feel yeah. like. So mm -hmm. make sure you 
know how to breathe and know how to make it work so that if that happens in the future, then I can remember that I, I did it before. Be, being a former competitive athlete, I know that you can push and practice and you can, you can amp up that intensity, but when there's a leaderboard involved, all of a sudden there's some, there's a switch that a competitive athlete has a hard time turning off. Do you have that problem? Uh, yes and no. Yes. Uh, it's, 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 it's evolved with the years that switch has evolved with the years. And I think this past year and now this next one coming up, um, it's very different. Now the, the switch is on it's, and it's on for everybody, including myself. And we'll see if that's healthy or not, I guess maybe not, but, um, yeah, I mean, I want to, I, I would like to beat everybody at every workout. I know that it is unrealistic, but it's still what I want to accomplish. Um, and hopefully it works. We'll see if it works. So I want this looking at the season, you can only peak maybe twice a year, maybe twice, really probably just once when you're looking at the season, what, where are the goals to peak uh, other uh, of obviously the games? But are there any other times during the season that you're trying to at least get a mini peak? Uh, I guess the semis is the only other place. And even then, like, it's not going to be a full on peak. Uh, I know that last year I did peak at, at semis. I was at my best shape in the season at semis. So we did things maybe a, a bit too early in the season. I think if, if I would have had the feeling that I had at semis at the games, probably a podium would have been realistic for me. Um, so we're going to try and replicate that feeling that I had at semis for the games this next year. Uh, but peaking is really hard. It's, it's, uh, it's not easy to have it at the right spot because sometimes your body just decides it wants to peak at that moment. And I think, I think for Canadians or people that ha that live in a place where there's winter and summer, that transition after winter is our best time of the year. Mm -hmm. Because you've been through this, the winter, there's no sun, mm -hmm. it's cold, you're never outside, your, your fitness is inside the gym only, there's nothing else except the pool, uh, which is inside as well. Um, so as soon as we hit like April, May, June, we get more sun that that we want to work out more. We want to push it harder because the sun is there. And then June, July, August is like just that little downward the slope. The heat kicks in. Yeah. We're not super used to the heat. So it takes a bit to get used to. And then, so I feel like that's, and maybe, maybe I'm, I'm the only one that feels like that, but I know that my best months are usually May and June because it's not hot yet too hot but you get plenty of sun, you get to be outside. And I think the environment, like programming wise, it wasn't like, oh, we peaked for semis. I think the environment just allows him to yeah. be at his best around that time. So it's just something psychologically that like, I have to take into consideration and just make sure that, you know, we try and carry that through, but I can't control the weather. <laughs> what about light therapy? I haven't tried it. I wanted to try it this winter and then I didn't. Uh, 
I mean, we deal with it. We've been, like, we lived here for our whole lives. Like winter is winter and yeah, February sucks and you can't wait till March. But at, I mean, I'm fine. I think I'm okay. I'm just very white, but that'll <laughs> get sorted out in May. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, the big joke here in Ohio is when it gets 40 degrees in the spring, you're like in a tank top and shorts going, woo, finally 40 degrees. Um, and people in Florida are in like big, huge coats and bundled up because they can't handle that. But, and that makes complete sense to me because that's the same thing here. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, we survive the winter and when spring comes, we're just ready to go. Yeah. Um, so let me ask you this. I have so many things I want to ask. I'm just trying to get it sorted in my head. So we've been following you for a long time, right? Um, you spent one season in Florida when the, when the, um, when the pandemic happened. Yeah. Do you think that helped you that season? Cause I know you, we saw huge improvements in your overall game. Yeah. So those, so the longest we stayed was three months in that whole year. I think, Total, we stayed five months in in uh, in Florida, uh, but the longest streak was between the games and Rogue. That was 2021. I, I just came out of uh, of the games in the 13th place, and um, that was not acceptable for me. Um, so we we had to do something right now. Like we had to make it work right now. Our gym was closed here, and no, it wasn't. Oh, it wasn't, or no, it, it did wasn't. close a little bit. Whatever, I don't remember. It was closed and open so many times, but we had the opportunity to not come back, so we we decided to stay in Florida um, until Rogue. And I think, yeah, that three months was because we had absolutely no distractions mm. with the with the affiliate here. Um, I was able to train really, really hard and focus only on recovery and training for those three months and it did change a lot um and because because i had such a great result at rogue that year i knew that okay this is how i'm supposed to train and recover and do things if i do some other stuff then it's going to impact this level for sure so we just tried to replicate that for for the next year and it worked pretty well, uh, I think. And it's every time that you get like those those feelings, those successes, just like semis last year, like my goal going into semis was was to win, but I knew like beating Pat was gonna be very hard, but I did do it and I did train for that. So if I replicate this for the games and the goals that I have, will it work? We'll see. It just, and that's something that with my career that we've, I've figured out is like, it takes just more time because I have to figure out stuff and then do it. Um, I would have loved to podium at 25 or less, but I think that's, uh, that's not going to be my, my story. I'm going to put him a bit later in, in my career. Yeah. So you talk about the affiliate and I, and I have that as, as in my notes as something to talk about. It's really rare today for an elite athlete to own an affiliate. However, those that do seem to be more connected to the community than those who aren't. So looking at the two aspects of that, is it a blessing or a curse or both to own an affiliate? Uh, For me, it's both. 
um, I think I'm in uh, I'm in, in in that middle middle like spot of athletes that when I did start to when I wanted to start to be full a full time athlete, you you kind of needed an affiliate. That was like the best way to do it to own an affiliate and to work anywhere else than the gym and be able to work out in the gym and it make things really really easy. I think nowadays like the the younger athletes have more opportunities with sponsorships. Um, so they don't have to work or a lot of them don't have to work and they can be athletes full time at a, a much younger age than than I was. Uh, so I think that's the main difference. Now to own an affiliate, you have to put in some work if you wanted to make money. Um, like it's a business, you have to run it. I'm lucky she does all the running. I don't do much. Our, our gym is a bit small and that's my curse with with the affiliate is i take the size the, the sizing of the gym is just a bit small and i take up a lot of space <laughs> so well i take you take up some space i yeah but it's still space that does impact the gym and also me because it's not a ton of space and i have to work around classes to, mm -hmm. to be able to do all of my training and that's why like summers are really fun because i can just go outside and do stuff a bit more freely than in the winter. So it's something that I have to work around um, because of, of the size of our, our, our gym. But other than that, like, it's fun, like people, it's fun to, to have people come in the gym and like, they know what I do. They know how, how hard I work and they see, they see how, it, how I do it. And then they try to do it themselves. And that's, that's, what's really interesting. Like they take training really seriously, uh, which is a good thing. There's been a lot of talk about why Rich Froning is the greatest of all time as opposed to somebody else because he is so connected on every level of CrossFit, right? He touches people's lives as an affiliate owner. He was part of the level one seminar staff and he was one of the greatest athletes the sport has ever seen. Um, do you ever think about those things as an affiliate owner that you get to touch people's lives every day in addition to what you do on the floor? Yeah, well, I, I try to because of because of how, how much training we do, how much time we spent learning how to train. That's also one big thing is we've been learning how to train the body and be like uh, aim for performance for the past like seven years. We know how we know how to explain to someone like what's the best way to do this workout why is why do we do this workout what part is important what's what's going to benefit you and what's going to benefit someone else and how you do it and how someone else does it is different because of different goals different ages different whatever but and and that's that's what i think is is very valuable for me is i'm able to help people do do the, the workout, any workout in, in a way that it will help them specifically. Um, because there's a lot of knowledge behind training. And I think for us, like in the past year and a half to two years, we've learned so much about training that we just didn't know before. And all of that is like, it's Sid It's a compounding effect. Yeah. So that, that's, that's what's the most fun. So I don't know if you can see the comment from our listener, Elise. Yeah. Uh, best thing Jeff ever said was in 2020 
when he said he didn't care who beat Fraser, just someone just had to do it. I think I think it was a little more explicit than that <laughs> comment there. Probably. If I remember it correctly. I think it's a shame that like 2020 was amazing because there's only five girls, five guys, and like people got to see a lot of Jeff. Mm -hmm. I wish people got to see more of Jeff like behind the scenes. At yes. He has a lot of fun with the athletes. Like, yes, they're all going to, they're all competing and like, you know, they're in the zone and they're serious, but a lot of the downtime is just like, it's so much fun and he's so funny. So there is more of that. You guys just simply don't get to see it. Unfortunately. I, I wish that I could have been behind the scenes at Wadapalooza with PB and J because to me, that is the dream <laughs> team so right here. Stop going on. That was so, so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that is a lot of fun. Um, uh, it's not certain yet, but uh, I think I think the guys are going to want to try and repeat next year. <laughs> uh, we we had a lot of fun. Um, it's it's just so different than than mm -hmm. individual stuff, and it's weird because um, I I did I, I I wanted to do it with these guys because of less pressure, but there isn't <laughs> less pressure because as soon as the as soon as the buzzer starts, it's like. Well, I don't want to be the slow of the three. And Pat was like, he doesn't want to be the slowest of the three. And Brent didn't want to be the slowest of the three. So we all like went super hard just to, <laughs> to let down the other in our own team, not just to beat the other teams, but also like, so that, that was just very fun to, to be with them. Um, and I mean, there's no secrets in who was better where and who was better at what. Like yeah. we all knew that before even doing teams together like we know if there's rope climbs we're sending brent and if there's a heavy barbell i'm doing it and if there's gymnastics we send pat like it's it, it was so easy to coordinate the three of us in in the workouts and like you do that you do that i do that and we're all good like it was uh it's pretty fun yeah so i was gonna you, ask how fun is it to to actually have people at that that level on your team that you don't even have to worry about who sucks at something because you're all good at a lot of things yeah. and it's easy just to shuffle the deck and make sure that you're the best you can be. Yeah. But, and that's what, that's what was super fun is I think the three of us really complement each other mm -hmm. because where we're a little bit weaker at the other one will be better at, at, and all of the three are, are kind of different. And we have our own places where we were a little bit bad at that someone will be just better. And, and it just complemented so well, the three of us together. Yeah, I think um, people were surprised by that. Yeah. And I mean, for, I, I thought we'd had a little bit more of a hard time on synchro stuff, especially with Brent, because he's just taller. So that's his cycle rate is just a bit different than ours. But he was so fast. I was I was actually su very surprised. I think that the, that was the thing that surprised me the most is Brent was really fast on stuff I didn't think he was gonna be, and so it just made me uh, worry about him in, in the individual space a bit more. Um, so yeah. oh, it was just it was a ton of fun. It was fun to do the synchro stuff, have our own little like who goes first, who goes second, who goes third, and just go hard and. So who picked out the outfits for you guys to wear? That was Brent, actually, that that uh, bought the flannels. And uh, that was a very good move. <laughs> it was. <laughs> We're going to have to come up with something nice uh, next year if we come back. But, yeah, that was uh, that was cool. 
What was it restrictive at all when you wore them during the workout? No. So the, the first one, it, it didn't bother at all because it was just Pistol pistols rowing. Maybe Brent had a hard time on the handstands. I, I, I don't remember if it just smushed in his mm -hmm. face or not. Um, but the, the buttons were really like snap on. So yeah. Like little walk. snaps. So it was, it was going to open or like even on the chest bar for, for Pat, I was like, Oh, if he hits one of the buttons, like it's going to hurt like hell or so we didn't, we just, we just wore them for the first one. And then for the, for the other, like the swimming event, we couldn't, uh, the lifting event wasn't a good idea with the front rack and the barbells and stuff. So we just, uh, just had it for that one, one the event one. and then a little bit on the last one. Yeah. Which one of you did the pistols? I can't remember. So I what Seriously. I thought that was it. I just wanted to make sure. What was it like doing the run after the 42 pistols on one side? I just started laughing. I just, <laughs> what's going on? Like I because we were just behind I, I had Chandler uh on my right and he was maybe 10 pistols ahead. And I was like, I can pump pistols pretty quick. So I just went all out as fast as I could. <laughs> when I started running, I was like, oh, I should have sold down the pistols a little bit. My, my leg was just not working at all, like zero. It, wasn't, it was not responding. So that was bad. But the worst was the next day, I was so sore. It was horrible. The guys were like, all the guys that did the, the pistols yeah, were just but, looked at each other and like they all knew. And because Pat and Brent did the individual, they, like I was like, I can't complain that I'm sore. They've done three days of competition. I've done one. So I have no excuses to say I'm sore, but my legs were so, so sore that next day. Um, so I think Pat and Brent were like getting better and better with the soreness and I was just getting worse by the end. But um, yeah, that was, the, that was hard. The, those, those pistols, 42 on one side, I hope this never comes back because uh, whatever comes next is just it's going to be a show. All I can all I can picture is people watching CrossFit for the first time. They tune in during that event and think these guys can't run at all. No. Nope. <laughs> yeah. And why are they wearing so, those outfits? <laughs> uh, our Elise jumps in again. Uh, Jeff, did you pay your debts to Pat and Brent? It's a good thing you won the money. I did. I did. I did. That's, yeah. <laughs> um. So I was going to ask, like, was there more pressure doing team or less pressure than do than doing individual? But you kind of answered it that it was a little bit of both. You thought it'd be just real yeah. fun, but then when the the switch gets flipped again, the competitive nature comes out. So it's, it's, it's cool because behind the workouts, like the warmups, the post-workouts, the in-between events, those are fun and with little, little pressure. Um, it's just as soon as the workout starts, like when, when we get on the starting mat, it's like, oh, okay, we have to, we have to go. This, this is the time to go. And then everybody switches on. But right before it's like, everybody's having fun. And even with the other teams, like, when we were in the corrals, like everybody's just picking at the others and just, it, it was just, it, it was just fun until we hit the floor. Yeah. Uh, that's when the pressure came on a little bit more. So what started this whole conversation was your trash talking in 2020. Yeah. And 
that that to me is what the sport needs more of shown. Like, I think it adds an entertainment value that people don't get to see unless you happen to be in the media pit or the, the around the corrals. It is so much fun. Uh, do you think there's a way that we can show more of that for on a telecast or do you think it um, it's, it's can get too harsh? I, I don't know. It's, it's uh, the problem is as soon as you point a camera towards us, th- it doesn't happen anymore. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I think, I think at, at a certain level, it's something that the athletes share together mm. that makes it very special for athletes that we don't necessarily want to share with the world. Um, that's fair. I think that's fair. It's like, it's like, our little inner circle. Um, some, if if there is some bits that are filmed and that can get out, why not? But I think still, like, if let's say I get caught on camera sh- talking shit about Pat, well, maybe ask me before to post it. Like <laughs> that could be something. Uh, even if it's for fun, it's still like, do we want to? put the put that video or that clip out there maybe not maybe some will want to but i i I think i'm in the ones that would like to keep that that little inner circle between us because it's it's really hard to get there and it's part of the perks once you get there is to have fun with your i don't want to say with my competitors yeah so it's that's my that's my point of view yeah, it sounds like like it would take the authenticity away. Like you guys wouldn't be your authentic selves if that part was was shown. And I think what you're also saying too is like, yeah, if you're bantering back there and say a clip and say something about Pat and then that clip is then misinterpreted yeah. and now everybody else interprets, oh, Adler's talking all this shit when really it was taken out of context. So that so that brings us back to what I what I said about Fraser in 2020. I had no idea camera was on me. <laughs> when, when when that came out, I was like, oh, I am gonna get shit for that. And I did. Some people were like, oh, Jeff hates Matt. I'm like, no, but you guys aren't there. He is eating the shit out of us <laughs> every workout. Like I can beat him somewhere, I hope. And if I can't somewhere else, then someone has to do it. Like yeah. It was just so he wouldn't get away with 12 wins. That was the goal. Uh, so, yeah, it's these little clips are sometimes like misinterpreted and they can be they can be interpreted in a wrong way, which can make an athlete look in, in a way that it, it isn't truly. Um, so, yeah, that's why that that's why I, I would like I prefer to keep it between us. So I want to come back to that in a second, but. Elise says, can Jeff understand Roman's trash talking yet? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so funny. Oh, my God. Roman is so cool. Roman is very cool. So he, that when when uh, after the biking event, when at, Lazar, the at the games, when Lazar did only four laps instead of five, Roman was on Lazar's back for days. It was like, Lazar. It's three pegboards, not two. Like, he, was, he was really, really funny. Uh, even at Rogue this year, like he's he's starting to, he doesn't speak much English, but he's starting to interact a little bit more with us. Uh, I think he's more comfortable with some others. The than, Europeans. Yeah. 
yeah. We we always try to pick on him a little bit and try to uh, make him talk to us, but it's still it's still a bit difficult. But he is genuinely a fun guy, and he is shy also. So once he gets his shyness a little bit out of the way, like we're gonna be able to see some 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 Roman a little bit more, and people are gonna like it. He's a he's a really fun dude. Yeah, I um, it's funny because he's becoming mythical because of the lack of English. Um, it's like people are, it's almost like people are making up stories about this mythical figure uh, in the, you know, he ate 18 bananas at a semifinal and he yeah. sleeps on the floor to do this and that. Like, it's just crazy. All the stories that are coming out. Well, he does sleep but on I, the in workouts. They all in in his personal life, I don't know. I don't know what he's like. But, uh, I, I we just seen him just a little bit. Like we just start. To, we just started to see him also in like behind the scenes at the games at Rogue um, at Waterpuza. He was on a team with Willy George, so Willy was like sometimes telling me stuff about Roman that happened as a team. Like we ju we're just starting to know him as well as athletes. Um, so I, I want to go back to the first time I ever realized who you were. And that was at the 2020 mayhem classic. My first podium. I was, I was actually working security there. Uh, we were only like seven episodes into this podcast and um, you guys were walking around with the documentary team. Mm. Speaking a lot of French. Am I yeah. getting that mixed up? We were so at Mayhem. I know we spent a lot of time with Sam, Sam Cournoyer, and Alex Caron yeah, yeah. was Your there. Your parents were there. My parents were there, so we okay French with them. But maybe, maybe that was a mythical story oh. that was told to me that wasn't true. But well, but I guys know the media people, so like maybe there is people around us from the media team because just of those are the people that I know when we go to competitions. I don't remember. That was maybe Dubai. Were you in Dubai? No, I was not. <laughs> no, but that's okay. Uh, this, so that day I first learned her, who you were, and that was that 2020 season. And from that point on, you have jumped light years in your fitness, in my opinion. Um, so then in that season is the 2020 season where you took take fifth. Yeah. You then take 13th and you come back and take fifth again. Is there a different feeling to 2025th to 2022 fifth? Uh, so the 2025th is, is weird because I did qualify with the online, like the stage one. And that was the greatest feeling. The fifth place in California was last place. It wasn't the greatest feeling. Um, so it's it's kind of a weird thing. The 2022 fifth is, it's okay. I thought I could do a little bit better. Um, I think I had the fitness to do it. There's two workouts that did prevent me from doing fourth or better, yeah. but and I was fourth for quite a bit. And then by oh, the end, 
until Alpaca. Mm, yep. And I switched places with Sam. So it was like just outside the podium and then fifth. Huh. It's like fifth is good. It's it's very good. It, there's nothing wrong with fifth, but it's 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 not third, it's not second, it's not first. So it's um it's it's a good feeling because I know I know what I can do. I know I know how to do it. I just have to execute it now. And that's very hard to do. That's that's one thing that I think people don't realize is like for people like Tia, like Matt, even Justin with a repeat, what what Froning did four times in a row, like winning and like Pat Brandt, that podium almost every year, repeating that and executing with a different, different workouts, different, different athletes, like a different roster, different places is very, very, very hard to do. Fitness is, is the getting the fitness is the easy part. Uh, it's getting there and doing the thing that's very, very difficult to do. So <coughs> hopefully we can manage this year to execute as perfect as I can and see the result. So I have made a, I've made some public statements that I believe you're going to podium this year. And I know, I know the athlete in you is going to tell me that there's a lot out of your control and you're just going to do the best you can and all of that. No, but not this year. Oh, <laughs> all right. Thank no. you. Um, and so I, I was questioned um, by people when I made that statement. And I believe there's been nobody that has consistently gotten better over the last couple years than you. And you have been under the radar on a lot of people's screens and this is your year to shine. So you believe you can podium this year as well. I think so. And what is giving you that confidence? It's a part of last year's games and how we've been training for the past five months and how we're going to do it in the next few. I'm, I'm honestly, I, I can't, I, I can't wait for semis. It's a stressful part, but I think semis is also a good indicator of what's going on. I'm going to be against, against very good athletes. Roman is in our, our I'm going to compete against Roman before the games, which I think is really good for me. Um, cause it's, it's a way to measure myself against him with, he's a contender to win the games. He's a contender at the minimum for a podium spot. So it's it, like this year is, I, I have good things lined up. I think fitness wise, I, I, there's not much I can do better at the moment. Um, and yeah, I, I think, I think I can do it. I think I, I could have done it last year. It's just the execution part was not perfect. So one workout, just go look at one workout. Yeah, there's one it's, it's take it's, those points. It's one and workout. See where Jeff ends um, up. So it, it sucks. It sucks to look back and like, if only on that workout, my let my right arm would not cramp. Like it just stopped working in the middle of the workout, but it's those little things like we're going to try and make sure that everything is perfect. And if, if we do so, who knows, who knows what can happen. So two questions, Al Alpaca, what would have changed had you kept the rope climbs in for you? I think I would say I would have stayed fourth, but I don't think I would have gotten in, in the podium spot. I don't think so. It depends where everybody else would, yeah, have, would have finished, but his fourth place would have been, 
more secured with the rope climbs than without. And then to move up, then you're waiting for other people to kind of like be lower on the leaderboard, which that we can't control. But yeah. Alpaca wouldn't have been a... But that it's... Uh, uh, Elizabeth Elevated was was my problem. That's that's the one workout that I finished 32nd. 32nd or 38? I don't know. Basically last. You finished 38? Like, very, very... I don't know. It was bad. It was very it was, bad. It was, it was, there was a three in front of the other number. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, you don't want to have threes as your first number. No, no. no. Well, if you want to podium, I don't think it's possible. Not anymore. So you you actually doubled your event wins last year by getting two. Um, do you think you have to have those home runs to podium? No. No. Justin won zero events this year, and he won the games. But with Justin, he he. You can't make a mistake. And if you're not going to win, you can't make a mistake. And that's what's impressive of of his performance. Zero wins, but consistency. Very, very consistent. And that's 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 what I've been wanting to to do in the past years is like you don't need to win an event. Cool if you do, but it's not I'm not chasing I'm not I'm not chasing the strength events and seeing those workouts and even like the back nine event we went into that workout I was like well yeah I can get a top three but my goal like my goal wasn't to win the event it was just do the event grab as many points as you can on that event because those are the ones yes I can go get a lot of points but in training like during the year this is this is not my focus at all my focus is to get Elizabeth, Elizabeth elevated to a 10th place instead of 38 or whatever. And that's a lot more points mm -hmm. than first, second, or third in, in one strength event in the entire weekend. So, gosh, I just lost my whole total train of thought. <laughs> yeah, so, so you don't have a lot of room. So at fifth place, there's getting points is harder and harder, yeah. right? Like when you're in 30th, it's easy to make up a difference uh, because you're, you, there's lots of places to improve. How aware do you have to be on the floor of everybody else to make sure you get every single point possible? I, I don't know if, if for me, if I have to, the problem with that is like, let's say we get, on alpaca let's take that workout for example and i have to beat roman there's not a lot of chances that's going to happen or let's say there is a echo bike workout and i have to beat roman there's not a lot of chance that's going to happen so the goal for me in every workout is just to try to get the best best time or the as many reps as i can and then there's nothing more that i can do because sometimes like if you chase a person, uh, it will backfire on you and you'll do even worse. And that's, that's how I think it's, it's how I think with, with any workout, even like the open workouts at the moment, cool. I'd like to be whoever, but if he's just better at this workout for than me, then there's not much I can do. Um, but when a workout that's mine comes up, then yeah, I'm going to try and make it really hard for them to beat me or and try to have people like, hopefully I have some people in between. That's, that's how, that's how it works. But I don't think like 
aiming for someone is a good idea. It's aiming for the best possible score for yourself. And that's, that's, that's the training year. Like if I, if I've trained the right things and done the, the right type of workouts, then it, it will just pay off. Cause if I can be one or two behind Roman or Ricky or whoever, and then on some other workout, I can have three between, then I just gain more points. Because it's at the end of the weekend that it really counts. It's not by event. Um, that's that's my my thoughts for that. And I know some of the athletes are, are a lot of them. They say, "Oh, I'm ready to die for points." Yeah, but if you die, you might do less points. And it's a risky it's a risky game to play. Yeah. My mute button is always a problem. Um, <laughs> So I wanted to ask Carolyn a couple questions. Uh, so you have another athlete. Yeah. Benoit. Benoit. Yeah. Okay. So, and now, and you run the affiliate as Jeff put it. Yeah. How do you balance all of that as a coach, affiliate owner and partner? organizing in my time it's like anybody else we all have jobs families you know hobbies things like that so it's just a question of making sure that i organize my time that i stay on top of things and uh and plan and so melissa odier remember taking my kids to mcgill athletics camp and seeing you and jeff go up and down the stadium stairs <laughs> yeah i did do a lot of stairs yeah you need to do more stairs. So speaking of some of the questions, what about your odd object training? So uh, we do what we can with what we mm. with what we have. Like the 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 objects that were that were that were used in last year, like the sandbag at the games. Like I said, like I I, I injured my neck during the games. And the, the sandbag, like I just couldn't have it on my shoulder. Like it was just too painful. So I just bailed out. Did I have a 350 bag? I don't think so. Maybe I had one or two left in me. No, you had um, that one. The, that's, that's one the, or two. Like the, the 320, I, I, I stopped at 320. I, I did 310 and 320. I was like, I, if I put it on my shoulder, like I'm going to just, I'm going to need a wheelchair after. So I was like, nope. And, I, and that's also how I think like I'm not ready to injure myself that much for, for points. And maybe that's not good, but that's how I, that's how I think that's how I do things. Um, and then the log, the log is, um, well, the log was a whole thing. The, the log was a whole thing. We, we did practice a little bit. I practiced maybe twice before the event. Um, and that the way that you, it's, 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 it's a strength thing, but also you have to have like the right position and technique matters. People, technique I matters. just didn't have it. I just really didn't have it. Um, and that's what happened at, uh, at rogue. So that's it. That's, that's what I have to say on odd objects. Like I do sandbags, but my heaviest at the gym is 200. So I would love to practice at 300, but like it's very difficult to have one. And then the log, uh, we could get one, but I honestly don't think that's going to come back. Um, I don't think it should, but 
Maybe it will, maybe it won't. If it does come back, it should be lightened for reps. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Hopefully. Yeah, well, the games doesn't sell a log like Rogue does. So I don't think that was nice the ever- so honestly, like it, when they when they got out the log, I was like, "Oh, this is cool!" Like, and Rogue does all—they always do cool stuff. And honestly, like the log is cool. You can't—we can't say otherwise. It looked awesome, and it, it, I thought I, I really thought it was going to be better than what it was. It's just because we don't do logs, and that's that's the issue with the thing. Is like a little bit like the crossover double under. If we would have been everybody to do them at the games, we would we would look like. Like it's it just doesn't look good because there there's now I think in the sport too many things we have to do and so I have to spend time on on a log and if if I spend time on that then I have to spend time on the crossover and this and this but we have to do so many so many new things and stuff that we have very little time to practice all of those so we're we're not even like medium spreading, spreading yourself thin we're spreading thin on on the movements um, I think. And that's 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 what happened with the log and the guys that did do well on the log. I'm I'm happy Chandler got that last one because that oak log was like the. That's where everyone everyone wanted to get, um, and cool Chandler got there. Roman almost got it, and but, realistically, not a lot of people in CrossFit would get there, even if we put all the competitors, like the top hundred CrossFitters. There's not a lot of people that would have gotten very far on the log. So that's, I think, I think we should stick to things that we know more. Well, you can and, do like Rogue, like at least Rogue, uh, they advertise it. Like they mentioned it so that people would have time to practice. And that, that's where like, I don't mind if like CrossFit is always going to push the boundaries and I'm perfectly fine with that, spreading them thin and like, oh, poor them. Uh, but it is a challenge. And I think finding those holes is still it can still be uh, entertaining. It can still be good. But at some point, like he says, like we have to recognize the value of their time. And there's only so much that you can spend time on. So at least if you tell everybody like a week in advance, hey, we're going to have double under crossover. Like that was that was last year's uh, movement. And then everybody has a week to practice. And then whoever spends most time or is, you know, learns the fastest or whatever, you get to the games and at least now you feel prepared and you can put on a show because that's also the point of having the sport is it's supposed to be entertaining. It's not entertaining to see, I mean, to see people fail. So we want them to do well. We want to see and like to have them push their actual abilities and doing that on the fly at the competition on the competition floor can, it's a risk that we're taking. So I don't mind if they keep, uh, introducing new movements and, and new standards and, and whatnot. But I think to be fair to them, to have give them a little bit of practice time will simply elevate the event, elevate the sport, elevate the athletes. Like it just makes everybody look much better. I, I tend to agree with that. I think there is this, when CrossFit was a grassroots entity, it was this very, um, military secret let's not let them know until the last possible moment thing and as it grows i think it's got to get out of that a little bit um to make it a more widely accepted sport um the secretive stuff it was cool at the beginning when when it was small but now that it's growing it just it can't sustain itself 
with that and become uh, and grow in addition to that. Yeah. I, I think there are things that like, if we look at, you know, just across the methodology, like freestanding handstand pushups, we're coming, they're coming back guys. If you're starting in the sport of CrossFit practice them now, like, I think that like the pegboard was a surprise, but it was something that was in the methodology that had been, um, you know, mentioned to, to people to train with. So I do think that there are seeds and things that they need to be aware of and be adequate that performing wise. But yes, there are things that like, if you want to keep pushing the boundaries, eventually it's like, well, the basics you should be good at. And if we keep introducing things, like eventually we're, they're going to run out of time is the only thing that I'm saying. So like, where do you want them to focus? Like right before the games, they can practice a little bit on something that you want to put on as a show. But it doesn't mean that yeah. you should skip on the basics or skip on this or skip on that. And even like, yeah, as an affiliate owner or I'm not going to have parallel bars in the gym. So where does he need to go to practice? So there's also that, like the athletes that are doing the sports professionally, they don't even have pro proper training center where they would have access to, let's say, all the equipment that could come up. We know we do CrossFit. We know we do strongman stuff. We know we do 400 meter runs. We know we do gymnastics. What CrossFit affiliate or what gym, what city, like even like we're in a, major city in Montreal, where could I find tires or logs or stones or this or that? So I imagine people in like smaller towns, where do you find these resources of equipment, coaches, like all of that? So yes, it's cool to put them under the test, but you also have to, I don't know, as the sport keeps evolving, we'll see where we are in 20 years. But those are the things that I'm, that I'm considering, like, well, if I want to provide him with the best environment, like, how can I do that? time, resources, money, like all of that comes into play at some point. So I don't know. It's a question for future coaches. Well, and like you said, it's supposed to be a show. And when they introduced the pegboard, it was not a fun show for the audience. You know, when three people are accomplishing it, it's, it's, and you're just watching people fail time after time after time, crossover double unders, watching people not get past that was not fun. Yeah. I was there there in the arena. It was not fun watching that event because nobody, you know, other than Nick Matthew, who just is a freak at that thing, you know, nobody got past those. So it, it wasn't very fun to watch at all. And we lose the spectator aspect of it, trying to be, have a secretive test for the athletes. Yeah. And there, I mean, as athletes, we also know like what's, what's going to come back. I, the crossover double under is coming back and it's going to come back for more than five athletes. So we are practicing the, the crossover. Like that's because we have to, like, I know it's, it will come back. Um, so there's these things that we know, like in the back of our minds, we know are going to come back and some will not just like the log. Like I would be really surprised that it would come back. Maybe it will, but because of how it went, probably not. Um, so there, there's little things like that, that we know like, okay, then I'm going to spend less time here because I'm going to spend more time over here. Uh, and no, I haven't been doing logs since broke because I don't have one. And I don't think it's valuable to put time in, in log training um, for, now. for now. So, yeah, I mean, it, 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 
I think like the the basic thing would be CrossFit is is unknown, unknowable. We can do everything cool, but let's try to keep it like inside some boundaries and not like have it like like crazy. Like okay, let's start doing backflips and ninja warrior stuff and whatever. Like backflips are coming. Not now. Not not this year. Not next year. But and that's where like we can't. Every sport has evolved, right? The hockey rules, the lines, like everything has changed. I don't know about baseball. Uh, I don't know about football, but like equipment changes. This is the rules will like CrossFit in 20 years and 30 years and 50 years. Like who knows where that's going to go? So that's why I'm saying like, we know we're supposed to be good at gymnastics. Like muscle up isn't even a thing, right? In gymnastics. So backflip isn't really, but it will be for CrossFitters. I'm not saying for this generation of athlete, but if you are looking to compete in five years, maybe that's something you need to start practicing now. So you have that in your back pocket and you're not worried about it. But for now, when we look at year to year transition, that's where, I, yes, if you go like this too quickly, it, it becomes very, very hard. And you're putting, I think, the sport and the athletes at risk of not making it entertaining if you want something to develop over 20 years. Like, can we look at the long trajectory instead of just like next year? Like let's do this for next year instead of this. So we're coming up on the hour and I, I want to be respectful of your time. Uh, while we've been talking, breaking news has come in. Um, just to let everybody know that uh, Christy O'Connell has announced her retirement uh, on her YouTube channel. Hunter. So she's Christy Aramo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Still remember the Aramo. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Good for her. Um, yeah. And she's actually my gym owner. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm a little little teary-eyed right now, mm -hmm. but um, that did come through. And, and I'm happy for her, too. She's had a long career, a very great career, and we want to wish her the best. Yeah. But I want to finish up with you guys. Uh, you guys recently, well, not even recently anymore, probably a year ago, got engaged. Yeah. Um. I'm not no even asking when yet. I've already asked no Caroline on Instagram and she said they're just fine right now. Yeah. This is uh, this is how it's going to be for the foreseeable future. <laughs> <laughs> with and, and that's my assumption, right? With with where you guys are in the sport, that has to be your number one focus right now. Yeah. You know, you have you have windows that are yeah. your opportunity to have that shot. And you're in a window that you have to take advantage of. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if we do get married, you will probably not know before, and very <laughs> little people will know. I think we're that type of people that, at some point, or I don't know, after the game, we'll just say, okay, this is happening. It's going to happen in the next month. It's going to be something small, and then once it's done, people are going to know. But um, for now, for now, there's no plans, no concrete plans. Yeah, and that makes sense. But I, I would be remiss not to ask. Yeah. But I want to thank you guys both for, for jumping on as always. It's thank always you. a treat. And I am so pumped that you think you're going to podium this year. He because is. I think He's not so. thinking it. He's just uh, going to And I, I have you as my pick to do so. Awesome. Thank you. With that, everybody, have a great Sunday afternoon. And we'll thank see you. you next time on the Clydesdale Media.